Welcome to the BGSM Podcast. I'm Daniel Friedman, and today I'm very excited to be welcoming back Dr. Jane Thornton to chat about supporting athlete mental health during COVID-19. Dr. Thornton is a sports medicine physician and researcher, and was a former Olympic and world champion rower for Canada. In this conversation, she credits Canadian colleagues Dr. Carla Edwards and Dr. Margot Mountjoy, who have helped her navigate this complex issue. Dr. Thornton, thank you for joining us again on the podcast. Thanks for having me. In a recent video for Athlete365, the official community for Olympians and elite athletes, you started by advising athletes who were trying to overcome anxiety related to the postponement of the Olympics, explaining to them that they have trained for this. What exactly do you mean? Well, when I think back as an athlete training at that level and also uh, with my conversations with athletes now, we've really, we learn to train through adversity. We prepare ourselves for times of uncertainty and it's in many different ways we've tried to, uh, we've had to grapple with that type of uncertainty throughout the athlete, our athletic career. It's, it's, we're no stranger to hearing kind of focus on what you can control and, and let go of the rest. And that could mean anything from a cancellation of an, an event. If you're in an outdoor sport, maybe there's a weather delay or some reason that you can't participate in the event or even if you have illness or an illness or injury or even just personal life stressors there's a lot of things within sport that we try to control but there's a lot of things that we can't do much about and we are trained to try to to balance those and uh, to be able to focus on focus on those positives so in any time of uncertainty and there often is some kind of dramatic occurrence leading up to major games, we, it's, it's often a, a good tip to just remind ourselves that uh, this is no different than any other kind of event or thing that we've had to train for in the past. It's, it is a different magnitude, but we have trained and practiced for these. What are some of the tangible concerns among your athletes? I think that one of the, the I mean, there's so many issues that are coming up that uh, a lot of athletes, so they're at the different end of the spectrum. So I do have uh, patients who are Olympians or people that I mentor or counsel, and those are the the ones that are worried about, obviously, the uncertainty surrounding the games. This might be their final Olympics. This might be their first shot. Maybe they've qualified for the first time. And so there's the uncertainty if the games are going to happen. At the other end of the spectrum, I see junior athletes, people trying to make a national team for the first time or trying to get to a qualifying event. And in the early days, when they were having those qualifying events still, or there was a bit of uncertainty around that, some of the athletes would uh, present with that kind of anxiety, uncertainty, whether or not they were going to be ready for it, all those hours they'd put in, and maybe they would never have the chance to represent their country or or that kind of thing. So it, it's not just an elite athlete, certainly, and but it, it is one of those parts of, one of those things that we would see is uh, just that, that concern about if that thing that they were training for for so long was actually going to come to pass. I think the other part of this, too, is that is the fear of the unknown, that training is going to be in vain, that they're not going to make it through this time, this time of uncertainty. But there's also the common stressors that we're all facing right now. Loved ones getting sick, maybe they're feeling sick, and being in isolation. Unfortunately, what we're seeing as a society is sometimes there's an uptick in things like 
domestic abuse or difficulty even just handling being in an enclosed space with even athletes that have children, young children or things like that at home, things that they've had to deal with that they may may not have had to prior to, to COVID-19. And I think the other part that we often think about it when the major games comes around are those issues, things like injury always at any time, whether or not they're going to be able to make it through with an injury or if they can rehab their injury, but also those times of transitions Anytime there's a major transition or change in life, life events, that can be a, a time that there may be um, some kind of mel- mental health symptoms that, that crop up. What are some of these mental health symptoms? What are the effects that you were seeing on athlete mental health? There's mental health symptoms, certainly, and some of them either have evolved into a mental health disorder or mental health illness. Or sometimes if there's something pre-existing there, that it could be become a little bit more severe or exacerbated during this time. So often what we're dealing with uh, as we go over after a week of self-isolation or quarantine, there are certainly transient symptoms of anxiety, uncertainty, depression that we're all feeling. Fatigue can be, be, can be a little bit more prominent because our schedules are off, because we're feeling constant anxiety or potentially ruminating about what's going on in the world. And sometimes that can lead, because we're isolated, to things like cognitive distortions and realizing that uh, or, or thinking that we'll never get over this or um, we don't have the mental capacity to, to get through. And I think one of the things as clinicians along or the, as part of the entourage or part of the sports science team is to really think about checking in with our athletes and, and seeing how, kind of figuring out what they're, how, they're, how they're doing, especially if we haven't heard from athletes that are uh, in our care or in our circle for a while. Because what we can see sometimes with this isolation, especially if they have pre-existing depression or depressive feelings, that that can lead to other thoughts of self-harm, suicidal ideation. Athletes, even high-performance athletes, certainly are not immune to any of these feelings. And those are the things that we we need to be checking in in on uh, to make sure that things are manageable and and people are reaching out to, to our athletes. The, the other thing that I, I'm reminded of, uh, there's an author, Dan Pink, who wrote uh, the book uh, called Drive, and he talks about motivation. And I've often thought about this as an athlete, and then uh, beyond that, going into medicine after an uh, Olympic career. But these three things that drive us are made up of autonomy, mastery, and purpose. And I, I'm reminded of those because autonomy is one of those topics that comes up more and more now with athletes trying to have that self-determination, the power and control over their own athletic career and beyond. But also that idea right now during COVID-19, we don't really have a lot of autonomy. Sure, you have autonomy over your schedule, but you don't have the autonomy to leave your house and uh, be able to participate in your sport. And mastery comes up as well because a lot of these sports have, you need to be actually at your the arena or at the practice field or at the pool, that kind of thing where we can't right now. And so their ability to work on their skills is has been delayed. And then finally, the whole aspect of purpose, what brings meaning. And for athletes, that's often talk a lot about athletes, their identity being in sport. But when you are training that much in a given day, uh, really your purpose is to you find meaning through that, and that's often dictated by the goals that we're trying to achieve. 
So those three things, I think, can sometimes be things that during this COVID time are really put off to the side, and we have to come up with other ways to maintain positive attitudes through this. Dr. Thornton, how did you address fear and anxiety as an athlete? Anxiety can be not a bad emotion if it's transient and helps you pay attention to the things that you need to. So for example, probably all of us having a little bit of anxiety in our lives are helping us stay socially responsible in terms of how we're approaching COVID-19. As an athlete, we're often told to turn down the noise a little bit, try try to turn down the volume on those negative emotions or those unhelpful emotions at the time and try to go back to our tools, uh, the times that uh, to our self-confidence uh, which, uh, formed by our beliefs that uh, that we can do that, that we're trained for this and we're ready for it. And fear as well, I mean, it's, it's interesting. It's part of managing your emotions and man- managing the expectations. I think it comes back to sometimes journaling or sometimes going through, trying to identify where the fear is coming from. Sometimes it means reframing it and trying to see, is this fear something that I can do something about? Or am I just going to have to sit with this emotion for a little bit and uh, try to try to see what, what I can do? And oftentimes, uh, we're told as athletes that even if you have fear of something or uncertainty or an anxiety to, to still show up and still try to, to go through the motions. And oftentimes, uh, mood can follow behavior instead of the other way around. So those are a few things that I've tried to kind of work through as an athlete myself. Can you explain a bit more about journaling? Why is it something athletes should adopt? Yeah, so I think, I mean, journaling, oftentimes it can also help it just identify the emotions, trying to put down on paper, just the very act of doing that, if it's typing, if it's writing, processing the emotions that are coming up. Sometimes it's the negative self-talk that, uh, or things like that, that come through our minds that we, if we just kind of put it down on paper, it's, uh, it can help us realize where it's coming from. And sometimes it can help us manage the emotions a little bit better, potentially stop those emotions. Certainly having a gratitude journal, there is evidence out there that having, uh, even if it's just a short kind of five minute reflection or name three things that you're thankful for, that can certainly help with having some positive emotions or at least shutting down that um, that pathway that goes to kind of that fear, uh, fear emotion that is can be useful in emergent situations, but over time, as we're seeing as this is going on week after week, is probably not the most helpful emotion that we can have at this time. Something that I've heard you talk about recently is this concept of a brick wall. What is your brick wall and how can athletes build their own? I I had a great uh, tip from a sports psychologist that worked with our rowing team and we were really lucky. She was an Olympic gold medalist and uh, for, for Canada as a rower and then went on to do sports psychology and helped us with our team. And one of the things, tips that she gave me while I was struggling through a time in my career was to start listing out, even as I was going through my day, about uh, things that I had done well or some kind of achievement, if it was small, something I overcame mentally, or uh, even a nice uh, gesture or something along those lines. So it was something I started doing as an athlete, and from a performance perspective, it was very useful. You, the concept that she talked about was writing something down on a rectangular piece of paper, kind of like your brick, 
And then as you stack these bricks up, it creates a visual brick wall of that you can kind of come back to when you look at since I've stopped doing board at that level, I keep a, a list going on my phone in terms of things that'll happen. Maybe it's a patient that's given me a compliment or a procedure that I did well or some kind of gesture that made me think that something that was positive for the day or maybe an athletic challenge that I didn't think I could do. Those are the kinds of things that when we have those moments of feeling doubt or uncertainty, anxiety, that we can look back to. I think in these specific cases, again, it goes back to remembering that we are training to handle adversity as athletes. If you look back at those things, where you overcome something related to uncertainty or illness or injury, it's made you a stronger person. And looking back at that can help you remember that, in fact, already you have that resilience and it's a matter of tapping back into that. Sometimes when we have these uh, times of uncertainty and depression and depressive symptoms, you can forget about that and we can't recall the goods and the good and the positive moments. So I think that can be a very protective mechanism of coping, but just a small reminder. And one of the tips that I give to the athletes now is if they've never built a brick wall or they don't understand that concept of those lists of positive experiences to go back through training logs to go back through times maybe they've journaled or that kind of thing and look back at those times that they've overcome, even if it seems insignificant, and start tallying those up. And it's one of those things that can give a certain level of confidence or reassurance during this time. With the postponement of the Olympics and Paralympics, it's understandable that a lot of athletes are losing motivation to train. How have you been talking to your athletes about resetting goals and creating new ones for the remainder of this year? In terms of motivation, it does ebb and flow, even if everything's on schedule. Part of normalizing and reassuring athletes that that motivation, even in our best of times, will ebb and flow. And part of it is thinking back uh, about ways to improve things that you're learning in your sport. As athletes, we're always learning. There's always things to improve. So maybe at this time, uh, if they're not participating in their sport, if they can't, Maybe it's becoming motivated by being creative, learning a way that you can actually practice your sport while in your backyard or in your home. Another thing is thinking about a goal, maybe about rehabbing an injury, or if you're predisposed to an injury, maybe it's prehab. Maybe it's the time to watch technical videos and try to set a goal of, of instilling those technical changes in your mind. Or even picking up a meditation app and setting as a goal that you'll spend five minutes in the morning doing some mindfulness meditation. So I think as athletes, we're always thinking about our sport. We're thinking about how to improve and get better. And over time, as you realize as a maturing athlete that there are many, many angles to that. There's all, all sorts of things to improve. It's not just about the physiology or the, the technical aspect, but there's a whole mental aspect. And oftentimes, I mean, you'd have a check-in with your coach, and these are the times to potentially have that check-in as well and say, going forward, what can we work on? Some of the people that uh, I've talked to in this field also talk about train as if the event is four months away. And if the event is four months away, you're still pretty motivated to train. So it's really about... In all of this, I think the common theme is trying to reframe where you can and change the narrative a little bit so that you have, you know, don't don't be too, we can't be too hard on ourselves, I don't think at this time in terms of motivation, but certainly 
when you're uh, in a positive space during the day to start writing down some, some new goals and being creative with those. One source of anxiety at the moment for everyone is the news and social media. Do you have any recommendations on how athletes can use social media for good? Yeah, I think we have a few options available to us. I mean, social media for, um, it's certainly, there's a lot of news sources going around. Some are uh, higher quality than others. But some of the ways that I've seen athletes use it is even in team projects. So if they video themselves doing something and then you kind of, you share that with your team members or you create some kind of video together with with everyone and you you post it um, on Twitter or Instagram or things like that. There's a way to also find humor. So especially there's a lot of things going on social media right now and people trying to use humorous, uh, use these situations for for humorous uh, gain and to be able to spread uh, positive messages. It's, it's interesting with athletes, they're very passionate people and often athletes will have causes and they will be activists, they will be advocates. And sometimes this is a, a great time to pour out that passion, reach out to people, do something good in your community and, and post that. But some people will feel uh, a burden, I guess, to, for lack of a better word, to try to engage and try to try to do something in this space. And I think athletes probably need to know some of them that they can give themselves permission not to engage Uh, sometimes that's more beneficial for them and part of that is filtering uh, just like we would before an event or a big game or tournament we learn as athletes to filter out the distractions and focus on what's helpful at the moment so some people would suggest muting words like if you're just constantly on Twitter and uh, you see everything about COVID-19, coronavirus, there are ways to mute certain words or accounts for the time being so that you're not getting this constant news feed. Some people suggest only uh, setting one time of the day, maybe not first thing in the morning, but later on where that's the first, that's one time in the day that you catch up on news and for the rest of the time you leave it. So I think part of it is learning what is helpful and, and what is not and trying to do the best you can in terms of managing those distractions like you would at any kind of big event. Dr. Thornton, can you leave our listeners, the sport and exercise medicine community, with your key takeaways for how clinicians can support their athletes? So I'd say there's probably about five key takeaways for practitioners that uh, are involved in the care of athletes during COVID-19. The first one is to reach out to your athletes One of the things that we know about athletes and mental health is that elite athletes, they experience probably around the same rate of some mental health symptoms as the general population, but sometimes they can be less willing to reach out for help. A lot of elite athletes think that they're supposed to have it all together, and so they don't reach out for help. They think they're supposed to have, have it all set. And so I would suggest that if you are taking care of athletes, if you have any involvement whatsoever, to reach out to people and see how they're doing. The number two thing would be to communicate about the sports science. So one of the interesting things that's happening is that athletes aren't sure how much to train. And it really, it is an evolving field where none of us are completely sure, but we're trying to gather up the best evidence. And to talk to the rest of your 
sports team, if you have sports scientists uh, on the team, sports psychologists, try to make it multidisciplinary and try to ensure that your team has communicating uh, is communicating consistent messages to the athlete to help reassure during this time. And number three would be to think about curating the resources that are out there. There's so many articles coming out in the media. There's a lot of things that are sensationalist. There's other things that we really do need to keep in mind. And as health professionals, we know how to look at evidence and at least have good sources. So I think one of the interesting things, especially if you have the time to be able to curate some of these good articles and help the athlete instead of having them navigate on Google or Twitter, Instagram, that kind of thing, that to be the one that's curating evidence for them and sending them some updates on that. Remind them of the resources that they they may already have in terms of mental health uh, support as well. Uh, The fourth thing would be to normalize and validate what they're going through and to understand that Uh, It's healthy to ask for help. It's normal that they're going through this. It's normal to have times where you're feeling stressed, anxious, and and even guilt for being an athlete. Um, Maybe there's other people around you that you feel you shouldn't be worried because there's other people that are sicker than you. Maybe you're more vulnerable. But really to remember that athletes are are struggling a lot of uh, what they're going through right now in terms of uncertainty. It could be financial, all sorts of things. And that it is very normal to have the feelings that they're having in this time. And then number five would be, especially as healthcare providers, to remember that to look out for the red flags. If your athletes have a history of mental illness, like anxiety disorders, mood disorders, OCD, PTSD, these have a potential to be triggered during this time and amplified by the circumstances around us. So it's it's important for athletes to self-monitor, but also for us, if we have those therapeutic good relationships with our athletes, to, to reach out and also to uh, ensure that they have the help that they need, especially if they're having any kind of red flags around self-harm or uh, suicide or, or harming others. The interesting thing is there are sports psychiatrists. I certainly, when I started seeing an uptick in athletes, I reached out to my colleague, Dr. Carla Edwards, who's a sports psychiatrist. I'm lucky to have her uh, as a colleague and a specialist in the field, but we don't always have access to a sports psychiatrist. So I think now is the time to make sure that you have, as a healthcare provider, those specific contacts that if one of your athletes needs extra help, and they have severe illness or they are tracking towards that, now is the time to get those colleagues, those connections, and ensure that there's a seamless pathway for your athletes. And, and I would say those are really the, to- the top five. It's really being approachable and, and uh, making sure that now is the time to prepare uh, for these athletes having these experiences. If our listeners would like to find out more about how they can help athletes with anxiety, not just in times of COVID, but generally... Where should they go? That's a great question. The IOC has come out with a great consensus statement on mental health in athletes, and they are coming out with some interesting tools, and I think that will help with assessment and so on. Um, When I look back at our list of podcasts, we have great guests at BGSM Podcasts, and one of the most recent ones with Dr. Margot Mountjoy certainly outlines the great way of assessing athletes, of reminding us what we should be asking about and looking for, ways to approach 
some of the harder questions with our athletes. So I would suggest going to the IFC resources, listening to podcasts like that, reaching out to to colleagues that specialize in this area and essentially making up your own toolkit of ways to help the athlete population in our care. Dr. Thornton, thank you very much for your time today. You're welcome. It's been a pleasure. Thank you for listening to this BJSM podcast with Dr. Jane Thornton. If you enjoyed this podcast, please share it with friends or leave us a review and connect through our social media channels. You can listen to a new clinically relevant BJSM podcast every Friday, and there is no better place to find them than on the BJSM app. As always, we hope you have a physically active day. Mm-hmm.